Welcome back, everybody, to the Ice House Fit Podcast. I'm Sarah Mazingo. And I am Jeremy Grinsteiner. We're coming back at you this week, talking all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and recovery, our big four pillars here at Ice House Fit. What are we talking about this week? We are going to talk about nutrition in a way that maybe people don't ever soft talk acknowledge. Talk about nutrition. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about it from a little bit of the emotional side and how we do nutrition at Ice House is very habit-based. Yeah. And so we're definitely not a six weeks to overhaul your nutrition and you're going to be jacked and life is going to be awesome type of gym. Mm-hmm. Be- mostly because that's not real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, 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 we've been there as a gym. We've, we've tried that and we've also tried that personally and yes. realized that, oh, okay. Yeah. It's it maybe... Maybe not quite that easy. Yeah, it's a long game. And so one of the first things when people come to the gym we talk about is just having people write down their food. Mm -hmm. What does it look like? Give me a rough outline of where we're starting, no judgment. And a lot of times what I hear doing our sales meeting is, my nutrition's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, tell me what pretty good looks like. Yeah, because that could be very different from, from person to person. Absolutely. If you... Again, no judgment with these things. If you think that eating an entire bag of Doritos is normal and and perfectly within, like that's good nutrition, yeah, then maybe we can change those, or we can challenge that a little bit. Say, hey, maybe half the bag to start with, yeah. rather than the whole bag. Yeah. Or let's, if that's something that's very important to you and it's something that brings you joy, we won't necessarily say no Doritos ever. Um, <laughs> That's being my able to, You can never touch another cookie ever in life. Yeah, yeah. And like I talk about this a lot with clients that I work with is that would it be easy for me as a coach to just say, okay, here's how you eat perfect. Yeah. Uh, and you can only eat perfect. If you do anything else, then of course you're going to fail. Or you can only do this, you can only eat this specific way, and you can only eat these specific things because they're quote unquote good or yes. whatever you want to say. Yeah. And it would be very lazy of me to say that that's the only way to do it. Yep. Also being that there are certain foods that people have a strong emotional attachment to and have a strong relaxation effect. And so how can we find both of those things? How can we make both of those things true where you can enjoy yourself and still have a healthy life? Yeah, because it definitely gets to be both, right? Yeah. And that's the fun part, right, is creating a balance for people where we can meet them where they are. So I would say the majority of people that have come in lately have some type of soda, Dorito, uh, fast food thing going on. And... Although those are not optimal, one of the best ways we start with people uh, is how can we get to optimal, right? And like you said, some of those are, I think we had somebody, I don't remember who it was, it was like, I am never giving up Oreos. Mm -hmm. I don't care what we do, I'm never giving up Oreos. I'm like, that's great. Let's figure it out without you ever giving up Oreos. And we did, and they got great results, and they're like, and I still get to eat Oreos. I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so... What we start when we have people write food down is, is where is the thing? So like, I like to call it an emotional sport matcha. I have one or two a week. It's an almond milk matcha from a local coffee shop here in town. And I'm not willing to give that up. Mm -hmm. There's quite a bit of sugar in it. I know that. And so how do we look at 
the rest of the picture, right? Because that one thing is not sending you over the edge. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that one thing that's doing it. Right? I mean, if that one thing is four times a day, yeah. 100%. Yeah. If that one thing is all you're doing, yes, then that's mm-hmm. sending you over the edge. Yeah. Um, but the occasional piece of this is absolutely. Absolutely okay. Yeah. And, and so it is important, like our end goal is to get you eating as much real food as possible. Like that's the end goal, right? Is to really look at, you know, when we talk about food, we look at inflammation, we look at, you know, stress response, we look at all those things. And so uh, the more we can get towards real food. So did it come from the ground? Did it have a mom? Like mm-hmm. those are the things that we really start to look at. And within there, we can make tweaks from there, right? But the goal is let's, let's, take the steps that are necessary that you can sustain. Because if I just tell you tomorrow to start eating real food, you're going to do it for about two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to hate it. And so novelty wears off and it's now work. Yeah. And so if we gradually get you there, you're like, Oh, okay. This isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely something that you can sustain. And then you can get creative with it. Right. Because you still get your, whatever it is that is your thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you, hearing it this way as a gradual shift of lifestyle rather than trying to follow a diet. Yes. 100%. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, is I think you and I are, are pretty close to real food is our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's not even a, it's not work anymore. It's not even a thought. Yeah. It's like, this is just what we do now. Yeah. And it's, that's been a road to get there. Absolutely. And it, you know, people talk about falling off the wagon and back on the wagon. I like to think of it as like waving in and out. It waves in and out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times where I'm like, Ooh, we got to like, look at this food situation again, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, and the road back home becomes so much quicker. Mm-hmm. Once you know how to eat real food, when you do like go travel or, you know, maybe it's just a stressful month or however you wind off the path, getting back to the path is so much quicker because you know what it's like to feel good. Yes. And that's what we're really teaching people mm-hmm. is what does it feel like to feel good? hundred yeah. percent. That's yeah. again, we've, we've talked about this in various ways already today of we could have prescriptive macros. We could have very specific food choices that people would have, um, meal plans, all these things. Do they work for some people and do they get people results? Absolutely. And it doesn't necessarily take the person or their behaviors into account. Mm-hmm. It's a band-aid fix. Yep. And you can use it like if you're a competitive bodybuilder, if you're in a competitive sport, all of these things. Absolutely. Yeah. It's very, very important for all those things. And when we have a lens towards health and general wellness, those things don't necessarily equate. Peak performance doesn't necessarily equate peak health. Truth. It's actually usually not peak health. <laughs> yeah. It's usually the opposite. I mean, we've talked about that yeah. other times that, you know, you're balancing a knife edge of performance, whether body composition or athletic performance. Yeah. And health is not in the question at all. No. Longevity is not in the question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we look at the average peak, it's three to five years and they're retired, mm-hmm. quote unquote, or broken. Yeah. <laughs> One of those Something two. happens. Broken and they're now they're retired. Um, One of the things that you were talking about that I wanted to circle, use my corporate lingo and circle back Ooh, to. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, is 
you know, why are these things important? Why is it important to be able to have a generally health, healthy lifestyle, health-seeking lifestyle that allows us to do these things of having pizza on the odd Friday and it's okay? Yeah, so we want you to enjoy what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? And that's one of the biggest things. And when we look at, so I'm gonna take it a little bit different than what you asked, but like you asked, do we get to enjoy the pizza? But I'm gonna talk about, do you get to enjoy the 90% of the time that you're eating really well? Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going for. And, and you spoke to this a little bit, but when we make a drastic shift in anything, food, nutrition, sleep, all of the things, and, and we find this a lot when people first start, it's like, well, I'm gonna get healthy, so I'm gonna do this tomorrow, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna make all of these changes. And it's great, and it works for three months. And then it, we watch it time and time and time and time again collapse. Mm-hmm. And so one of the best things that we teach people is we're not taking stuff away. How do we just, or we're not adding things to your world, we're taking things away. Mm-hmm. So if we can take away a little bit more stress and with our food, what we look at is taking away a little bit of inflammation, mm-hmm. right? And so inflammation is the big cause of all of the quote unquote diseases that we see um, spurring up your cardiovascular, your, I mean, we can look at arthritis, we can look at high blood pressure, all of the things can tie back to some type of inflammation. Mm-hmm. And so when we can make those shifts to cool, I get to make this meal. When we can start to do it in a slow way, people tend to have more curiosity around what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So Hanny did a prep your lunch this week great. I get to get curious about what I'm going to, what am I going to put in there? Like, what can that look like? And not, Hey, I need to have your breakfast, your lunch, two snacks and dinner mm-hmm. all figured out pre-plepped and in, in plastic and ready to go. And so it allows people that opportunity to really get curious about their food, get curious about how it feels. And then we get to also get curious. You've changed lunches. How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. What did you notice? Where's your hunger? And we get to have, they have a lot, the, the, the member has a lot more autonomy in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Instead of us, like you said, saying, hey, I need you to eat these four things all the time. Yep. They're not resources. Mm-hmm. We're not built that way. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that you did say of talking about the, the influx of metabolic diseases yeah. that we see from, you know, just general society and because of how we eat because of that inflammatory response i'm going to go down another level and we're going to like talk about maybe some of the pieces of what that actually means and what we see when those things are happening is in general inflexibility of the system because we've been eating in a a pro-inflammatory way that is highly energy dense and what I mean by highly energy dense, I mean lots of carbohydrates, mm-hmm. lots of fats, maybe moderate to low protein. Yep. When we are in this influx of a lot of energy with not a lot of activity to go along with it, yeah. the body tends to start to bias towards one of those fuel sources and using the other one is just going more to storage. Yeah. And so we start to see the body biasing towards using glucose, glycogen, carbohydrates, and ignoring that fat store or ignoring the fat fuel that it should be using during very low intensity. Mm -hmm. And so when we're on this ever climbing 
ladder of more and more carbohydrates, more and more glycogen, more and more insulin is needed to make that happen. And you and I both know what comes after that. People listening likely have heard or have an idea of what comes next. And that's when we start to see the metabolic disorders of diabetes come into play. Absolutely. So when we start to eat more real food, more vegetables, more plants, lean proteins, we start to see that system come back to a better sense of homeostasis and a much more flexible system. And so then it can handle because it's really flexible. It's not tense and brittle. It's not ready to break when you go on a vacation for a week and you know, vacation rules, like nothing. The only rule says that there are no rules. Yep. And you can come back from that and feeling maybe a little bit bogged down and you bounce back really quickly. Yeah. So we want that flexibility in the system that we've built over time, flexed it like a muscle, built it, built it, built it, built it. So we can handle those bumps in the road a lot more easily. Yeah. And something, uh, I think it's important that we touch on carbohydrate because a lot of people are overhearing about a low carb diet or a keto mm-hmm. diet or paleo diet or however you want to look at it. Whichever flavor of the week. Atkins. Modified Atkins. Yeah. yeah all the good stuff. Carnivore. <laughs> and so, um, I think it's important we really talk about what carbohydrates are because I think when, when carbs are mentioned, I imagine there's a lot of people that instantly pop in their head like pasta and bread mm-hmm. and all of the like luxuries of diet, right? Mm-hmm. Very starchy carbohydrates. Yeah. And we forget that broccoli is a carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. Carrots are a carbohydrate. And so when people are asking like, oh, are you going to make me eat low carb? No, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have you eat carbs from the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that's a big shift that we, that that needs to be main in the brain is mm-hmm. that uh, vegetables are carbohydrates. Yep. And when we look at, you know, just take like a, a McDonald's Happy Meal, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got fries, bun, quote unquote meat. But when we look at just like the carbs in a, in a Happy Meal, that's almost your daily serving of broccoli if we were to match that carb for carb, mm-hmm. right? And so you can eat, you're eating a little bit, a little bit less and getting such a better response. So mm-hmm. when we're talking low carbohydrate, we're ta- not talking like, oh, you never get to touch a carb again and you're you're eating steak all the time. Mm-hmm. We're talking about bringing vegetables back into the picture because yeah. those are the original carbohydrates. And mm-hmm. those are what I like to think about. And this is kind of a goofy way to think about it. But when we have, you know, your, your boxed meals or your processed carbohydrates, so the things that didn't come from the earth. I like to think about it like a really angry Pac-Man and that's your insulin. Mm -hmm. And it is like, I want it all and I want it all right now. And so when you come off sugar, when you come off like a high dense carbohydrate, you'll notice almost like a hangover feeling because that little guy is like angry. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I've been using this fuel for how long? (laughs) And now you want me to use this fat source, which I have to chew for days when I could just be gulping down insulin like a boss. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's what we're talking about when we talk about that metabolic shift is 
you're getting your sugars and your cookies and your breads and your pastas and whatever's in the middle of the grocery store because that's all pretty much processed carbohydrate. Yeah, because your body's really great at turning that into energy as quickly as possible. And it makes like a little angry Pac-Man. Yeah. And it's just like, feed me. <laughs> and it can use that energy so quickly. And so a lot of times when people give up sugar, it's it's a, oh, okay, I'm sluggish. I'm feeling kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It's because your body is like, where is all of this instant energy that you've been giving me where is it at and it has to come back to homeostasis like you said and it's like oh so you it's it's the saying like it it feels a little worse to feel really really good Mm -hmm. but you have to go through that like sluggish some people experience it some people don't Mm -hmm. some people can come off sugar like it's no big deal and great it's whatever back to whatever and some of us are like whoa (laughs) it's like kind of walking through mud a little Mm -hmm. bit and again i I would i would then throw that back to differing varying levels of flexibility absolutely so most people maybe are already still more flexible than others yeah you know somebody who has maybe they mostly ate well when they were kids and they've only eaten in a typical American diet fashion for a few years, their ability to bounce back is likely a lot higher than somebody who's only ever ate that way. Yes, 100%. And I'm speaking a lot towards the people that have eaten this way for a very long time. Mm. The standard American diet, carbohydrate first, come out of a box, convenience, tops everything. Even better, a whole bunch of carbs cooked in a lot of fat. Also great, yeah. 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 Because when we see those two competing for not only digestion or uh, assimilation into the system for energy, mm-hmm. that's where we see things going in weird directions. Yeah. Or and biasing towards a more inflexible way of using your metabolism. Yeah. And so when we have somebody who's in that place, right? And we were to say tomorrow, go just buy only clean food, suck it up and deal with it, right? That would work if you were on an island. And you had no home stress and you had no, no real work life. stress. You just got to lay on the beach and eat and mm-hmm. like go through your little detox and life is great. Sounds right? like a great retreat. It does actually. Yeah. And that's not realistic. And so that's where people crash is that when you're eating a very energy dense, caloric dense diet, and then you go to real food, there's typically a swing to the complete opposite way and we're not eating enough and we're not understanding like how much protein and and natural fats that we really actually need. And so then there's like almost like starvation. Like you're so hungry Mm -hmm. that, well, I wasn't this hungry when I was eating kind of garbage food Mm -hmm. and now I'm eating real food and I'm starving. And you're like, yeah, because you have to actually like eat. (laughs) The the volume required is much higher. Yeah. You're eating tiny, tiny quarter portions of what you actually should be eating. Yeah. And you're trying to like have a cup of broccoli equal that cheeseburger. And that's not how that works. Right. (laughs) Those equations are a little skewed as far as which one has more energy. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we, when we bring people into this slow habit base, like, okay, let's start with lunch, Mm -hmm. right? Like lunch is usually the trickiest for most people. It's grab and go. It's sitting at your desk. It's doing skipped completely. Yep. And so when we can start with like, let's make lunch and let's make it with real food. Then we can start to really have a solid base for people to build off of. Or maybe it's like eat breakfast before you leave the house if you're, if intermittent fasting doesn't work for you or if we're figuring things out. Mm-hmm. When we make those slow changes, those spikes in hunger are less and you're more likely to do the thing. 
if you're doing the thing and it's awful, you're less likely to do the thing. That's just how it goes, right? Like nobody wants to do the unfun stuff every day of their life. Mm -hmm. And then as we slowly graduate to like, okay, now I'm eating like 70 to 80% real food. Like you said, that flexibility to bounce back and forth is, is magical. And you, you'll notice it's fun because people start to, you know, have the pizza night or pizza and beers or whatever. And they come in and they're like, I'm so bloated and my hands hurt. And you're like, yep. What'd you eat? And then it starts to click in their head. Like, oh, if I'm going to eat this, I feel this way. Mm -hmm. Then you get to make the choice. Mm-hmm. And now you're taking ownership of your nutrition, right? It's no longer a zombie of what everybody else is doing. Or being, or even worse, being victimized by your food. Yeah. 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 Which I think a lot of us are, and we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I mean, there's a, I hear this very often as well of, um, you know, the stories we tell ourselves being very powerful. One I hear every once in a while, um, and can there be some truth to this sometimes? Yes, absolutely. Oh, only if I could, if I just could afford to eat healthy. Mm, yeah. Yeah. If I just had enough money to be able to eat healthy. Yeah. And it's like, well, what does that actually mean? Yep. Can we take a look at that? Yeah. And it's really interesting because there's a lot of that without any comparison to what they're currently spending on food. Yeah, exactly. They're just like when we get started, writing things down. If we don't know, if we can't look at the situation and with the, without judgment, yeah. just look at it for what it really is right now, how can we make the change? Yeah, and let's talk about this a little bit because it's we're not saying go 100% organic tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Everything has to be grass-fed and good luck. Yeah, everything, quality is great. Yes. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the only thing. Right. You can still eat very healthy even just eating vegetables from a can frozen vegetables things that aren't necessarily high cost yeah. in comparison better is still better if you're eating zero vegetables today one can of peas is better than, than zero yes yeah. yep 100 percent. and then there is some truth to that at times right mm-hmm. there, there can absolutely be some truth to that and track what you're spending on food currently mm-hmm. and then i mean we've gotten we used to play games of like how cheap could we get our chili mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and, and how many vegetables can we pack in there yeah right and when we look at things like where can you secretly hide vegetables mm-hmm. for those people that hate them and we have some people in the gym that hate them where can you secretly hide them right like look at your tomato sauces how many vegetables can you put in your tomato sauce mm-hmm. How many vegetables can you hide in your meatloaf, right? And then you're making these bulk meals mm -hmm. that are a fraction of the cost. Or an early morning super shake. How many vegetables can you chuck in that sucker before you're like, oh, this no longer tastes like a berry milkshake or whatever. Yeah. 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 And so definitely like starting with frozen, starting with just real food is a great place to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the... You we, we talked a little bit about this on like the eating pattern side of things, the people who tend to maybe skip lunch. Yeah. What have you noticed in people that you've worked with? What happens when they, maybe they're, they're doing an quote unquote intermittent fasting and they skip breakfast, maybe they skip lunch and then they're just going to eat dinner. What yeah. does that usually look like with people you've worked with? 
that usually looks like 800 calories <laughs> yeah is, is is what typically happens with the people I work with okay and I'm not sure exactly where you're gonna go with that so I'm mm-hmm. gonna let you dive in sure but it looks like a calorie restricted diet instead of being able to eat enough and a lot of times people are intermittent fasting as a way to hide something mm-hmm. and so why are we are we intermittent fasting or are we just skipping meals mm-hmm. and that's a that's a hard conversation and a lot of people it opens their eyes mm-hmm. i think yeah. yeah the one i see more often is the i'm going to be doing my fasting i'm going to skip certain meals and then by the time i get home i am so ravenously hungry <laughs> and stressed that i then shove everything I can into my face in I, my eating window. And so, uh, I don't during, know how I ate a bag of chips. I have I no idea. I don't know <laughs> if they, if we add everything up, you know, well, I don't know how I ate 5,000 calories today. Yeah. Like, well, let, I can let see me show it. you. Let me, let's, let's, talk, <laughs> let's talk through it. You, yeah. you've, you've ignored your hunger signals for all day. It's increased your stress level overall, yeah. higher, 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 and your body is screaming at you, feed me. Yeah. And then by the time you get to go, okay, it's time to eat, you just become insatiable. And so then we get into this big pattern of binge and restrict, binge and restrict. Yeah. Which then can just turn into when we're uncomfortable with how we feel, mm-hmm. binge, binge, binge. Yeah, and that's the binge and restrict can get out of hand quickly. Yes. And I think there's a certain level that happens to all of us at some point in time. And it's probably the most common, I imagine it's the most common way of eating that we see. Mm-hmm. And people don't want to tell us that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it becomes, it's normalized. Like, yeah. oh, I just forgot to eat. Yeah. Or well, I, I just, just didn't, didn't have feel time. Like, I didn't have time yeah. I was working. And like, it's like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people is to be so busy that, that you can't take care of yourself that you can't feed yourself or be so busy that you have to mindlessly shove it down at your desk and you actually don't know what you ate mm-hmm. yeah and that that badge of honor i hope we get to break soon and like it becomes cool to take 30 minutes and sit outside and eat your lunch mm-hmm. <laughs> you know actually um, chew your food and like taste know, it. know what you ate yeah. <laughs> um, because i think there's a lot of people that when I ask, like, what did the day of eating look like? It's really challenging to come up with what they ate. Mm-hmm. They're like, I actually don't know. Okay, cool. Let's start there. And then that leads into, oh, go ahead. Just foraging like a raccoon in the garbage can. I don't know what I ate. I don't I know. Ate something. I just threw something in. Yeah. yeah. And and I've been guilty of that. I've eaten lunch with my phone and then got done and been like, what did I just, how did I get here? Right. Mm-hmm. And the more that we can slow that down and this is like the whole we've talked a lot about slowing down but the more you can slow down and breathe the you're actually going to be able to use that food right when you house that food in 45 seconds because either a you're eating your 5,000 calories at the end of the day or you're so quote-unquote busy that you can't take up a breath to eat and i know there are some professions where that's a thing right Mm -hmm. like our nurses we hear that a lot Mm-hmm. However, you're basically just taking a really expensive poop. Mm-hmm. That's all you're doing. Because when you, when you shove it in there so fast and you don't give your body a chance and you're going right back, you're coming from high stress, shove food in to high stress, 
your body doesn't even have a chance to digest that. Mm-hmm. And so you're just taking an, an expensive poop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're storing what you can and using the, the quick, quick glycogen, the quick carbohydrate, and the rest of it's getting stored. Mm-hmm. And so even if you're eating a, you know, this is where we see our people are eating a 1, thousand, 1200 calories and they're like, I can't lose the weight. And we're like, yeah, because your mm-hmm. body is in stress mode and it's in like, let's save this till he or she's going to feed us again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you've adapted to that point yep. that that's just how it is. Yeah. And then slashing calories further is either impossible or dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Something else I want to talk about along this topic is um, our emotional eaters. Mm-hmm. And so some of us in a stress response just snack the whole day, mm-hmm. right? And so we're still eating our our food at our desk. And this is something I used to do and I didn't even know I did it. Mm-hmm. Is I would have a, a big meeting or something like I had a stressful project to work on and I would grab a snack and I didn't even know I was doing it. Mm-hmm. It was such a natural, like, oh, it's my time to snack and I'm going to work on this thing or I'm going to have this big conversation. I'm going to do whatever. Mm-hmm. It was such a protector for me that I, I never even registered. They're like, do you snacky? And I was like, no. And then one day I was like walking to a meeting and I grabbed, we have, used to have RX bars at the gym mm-hmm. and I grabbed an RX bar on my way up and it was like, oh, <laughs> this is what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was such a way for me to buffer a big XYZ phone call meeting, uh, conversation, conversation, yeah. uh, project that I was working on that I wasn't quite sure of myself on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was such a way to buffer those feelings of anxiety and fear that I had no idea I was doing it. It was so unconscious mm-hmm. and so ingrained that it was finally like one day a lightning bolt. It was like, boom, you have a snack in your hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did this get here? What yeah. is this? What are and, we doing with this? And I, I, I will never forget the first time I did it. I noticed it and I was like, yeah, no, I'm still taking that. <laughs> 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 and, and I think that's where a lot of people get lost as well. They'll grab the candy in the dish on the way by. They'll grab, mm-hmm. at one point I was housing where there's originals, like it was my job. Mm-hmm. And, and those little things, three of them is 70 calories. Yeah. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the other piece of it too. Of like somebody who, somebody who could be in there, they, they could be eating 1200 calories of just of the food that they remember. Yeah. And then it's this little There's tiny another 3000 calories in food. Of snacking that, yeah. and things that they just didn't even realize they were doing. 100%. Similar piece of that of similar behavior yeah different situation long time ago before i found ice house in a land far far away away. (laughs) no four blocks away from here (laughs) surprise surprise i did not live a very healthy lifestyle i didn't know i didn't grow up with it i didn't like didn't know what it looked like it was not uncommon for me to be spending fridays and saturdays out with friends out Mm -hmm. at bars eating eating out dinners drinks the whole nine yards yeah and also not surprising that that wasn't necessarily the most fulfilling behaviors and I always found myself on my way home either ordering more food picking up more food as another way to insulate from having intense feelings of loneliness anxiety sadness 
being unfulfilled with you know, where I was with how I felt about myself and how I felt about my health, everything all together yeah. and compound that over time, Absolutely. weekend after weekend. And here's the spoiler alert for everybody is that you do that often enough, it never gets better. It doesn't. You just mask it further and further and further. What I've found, and especially now looking back at those times, is that's using that not only as a buffer away from feeling it, it's also a numbing agent. You know, people use alcohol or drugs as numbing agents. We can also use food as a great way as to numb ourselves from feeling those feelings or to prevent ourselves from having to deal with or go through what does it actually mean to feel this? What does it actually mean to go through this? How do I actually tackle the, yeah. the deep rooted issue that I'm struggling with? Yeah. Or can I just numb myself another day and I'll figure it out later? Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. I think that's, I imagine that's a very typical response, mm -hmm. right? And, and I've had parts of that as well. And oddly enough, when we talk about getting people in shape or getting people healthy or helping people heal, food is a big, it's woven in there so deeply, yeah. right? It's, it's woven from, I think you, you hit that nail on the head when you talk about going out, having a great time, and then having to go home alone. Mm-hmm. And then food becomes such an easy, like, oh, cool. I'm just going to. Food is my friend now. Yeah, yeah. Food is my friend. And a lot of that is a, is a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. um, if you come to a house like mine, food is our love language. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. Let me feed you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that's what we've learned is, is I love myself. Let me feed myself. Yeah. Right. Or I did really great. Here's my treat. I am tied deeply to that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, oh, today's such an awesome day. Let's go out to eat. That's not saying that you can't do those things. That it's when if every ev day is a great day. <laughs> every day becomes cherry pie day or whatever, or whatever the thing is. Yeah. Um, and also like, again, looking at what is the, when we are finding that sort of dysfunction in our life yeah. or dissatisfaction, Yeah. you know, ultimately is it a problem with the food or is it a problem that I'm missing connection somehow? I'm unfulfilled in that realm. Yeah. And so I'm looking at a compensation for what I'm missing. And how do I, how do I unwind from that? And most people don't know. It's, and that's okay. It's what we're here for. Absolutely. That is 100% what we're here for. And that was one of the biggest factors in changing the trajectory of the gym the way we have, right? Is mm -hmm. because we knew we didn't know when we started. And I imagine there's a lot of people like us who don't know, right? Yeah. And it can be, there's a lot of people that don't even want to touch it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who would pay money to not touch <laughs> To it. not touch that. And to be honest and to be, you know, even more transparent and vulnerable. Yeah. That was me until a very short time ago. Mm -hmm. I did find myself in these exact same patterns yep. of, okay, you know, I'm a health coach, I'm a strength coach, all of these things. And yet I'm telling people to change their behaviors and do these things. And yet on the side, I'm still in the same pattern that I was five years ago. Yeah. 
because I didn't know what, like I, I had athletic performance. I had all these goals and these things and somehow couldn't even make that connection through of my performance or my health are important to me. And yet I'm still okay with doing the same old crap that I've always done. Yeah. Only since taking the time to work inwards has that been able to be a bigger shift of going, oh, I see, I see where I'm going with this. I see the pattern starting before, before it becomes a, before you're too a far food, gone. Yeah. A food or a binge event or whatever it is. Yeah. And then I can work through that, figure out what the feeling actually is or feeling, figuring out what the situation is and dealing with that instead of masking it and numbing it further. And so story work is a lot of what we're talking about, mm -hmm. right? And, and getting clear on what the belief is, what the feeling is, what, what is the thing that you're really trying to buffer? Mm -hmm. And this has been fun because both you and I have gone down this road. And what's really fun to see is right after buying the gym, my stress was like 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't do it in a pandemic, everybody. <laughs> and by 10 out of 10, for all the people at, at Ice House listening, she means one out of 10. Yes, one out of 10. <laughs> my stress was a one out of 10. <laughs> and, uh, and so my buffer is food. And so food is my love language. Mm -hmm. And so... I got to be probably the biggest I've ever been in life outside of when I was trying to get big, which is a whole different podcast. Yeah. And I was masking so many feelings and I knew that. And so I knew I needed, I needed help. So I hired a coach to help me through feeling my feelings, figuring mm -hmm. out what they were because mine were so entire. I'm not like a person who gets really stressed and loses weight. I'm a person who gets really stressed and like feed me. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, my, my whole life is interwoven in food. And in doing this work, I think I'm on year two, three of doing this deep, deep work that we're talking about. And I, I see it in you now is the weight just falls. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to try. No, I just came back from a week of vacation. And I lost five pounds. Yeah. Not to brag or anything like, no, it's just, it's once you get to the root of what is causing the thing, mm -hmm. Nutrition no longer becomes a conversation that we really have to have. Yeah. Right. And we're having the conversation of nutrition to figure out where you're masking the, the thing mm -hmm. is what we're doing with a lot of people. And we were doing, we've been doing this for a long time. We just didn't really exactly understand what we were doing. Yeah. The last two years, we know exactly what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And you can see the patterns in people when they come in like, okay, stress, not eater going to binge at some point, mm -hmm. right. Or stress eater. And they've probably eaten 4,000 calories by two o'clock. Mm -hmm. And so now we can start to have the uncovering conversations. Mm -hmm. We can have the conversations that some people still want to avoid, but we can approach them in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Language games are my favorite. I just had two people, have their first sessions with me and I both men yeah and usually you know typically Shut we don't down. we don't like to talk about things especially yeah. feelings and emotions and yeah. I preface that saying that we're going we're going to do those things in yeah. in a way that doesn't feel like we're doing it yeah and because I tell them once you get the things upstairs in the head and in the heart figured out 
the physical thing is the easiest it's part. It's the easy part. It's so, it's, it's laughably easy yeah. to be honest. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, that's cool. The things, you know, both of us in our various pursuits physically have had our various struggles. Yeah. And again, when you start to get those other pieces in alignment, the physical structure struggle becomes a lot less. I had that. I just had a quick RPR session with one of our lifters this morning mm -hmm. and we, I got him reset, got him feeling really good. He was having some issues with back pain and all of a sudden he couldn't squat when he came in this morning and mm -hmm. all of a sudden I was like, huh, try a squat, 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 feeling anything? No. He's like, I couldn't even sit upright with my legs extended without pain. Yeah. And he's like, now it's like, it's gone. Yeah. And then we got to have the discussion of, okay, well, how did we get here? Said, well, two days of poor sleep, yep. some underlying pressure, anxiety, and then boom. Yeah. And so sometimes it manifests as physical pain. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it manifests as internal pain that we try to numb. Yep. And in reality, once we get to the heart of it and we start to learn the tools of the trade and get good at that level, then we can take that big next step and that big next step after that and after that. And it's cool because as we start to, once people take the first step and they get through that big scary step because mm -hmm. it's built up as this big scary step in the story, right? The story in your head is that I'm the only one out of the 80 billion people on the planet that's ever felt this way, yep. right? I'm a unique individual and specimen that only feels this way. Yeah, I'm the only one. You're not and yet I'm also, the, this is the fun, this is the part that I laugh the most about because growing up, I was one of those like gothy emo kids, swoopy hair, everything, dyed all black, Yep, everything, every piece of it. Like I've uncovered some old journals and things and I was like, oh man, some epic level cringe going on here mm -hmm. of you always have this sense, or at least I did, of I'm the only one that feels this way. And yet all you do is seek out art and music that tells you all those same things yep. by other people who also feel likely way. felt that way. <laughs> and yet, no, it's only me, my, my unique feelings. Yeah. Just something that popped in my head that I, I now laugh at a lot because it's like, I know I'm not alone in feeling any which way. Yeah. Because you can just go to art and music and somebody's right. Somebody's already done somewhere. it for it. <laughs> somebody's already felt that feeling for you. 100%. They may not have gone through it, but they felt it. Right. Absolutely. And, and it's so cool because once you break that, um, emotional piece, once mm -hmm. you break that feelings piece, like you said, I haven't had to stress about my nutrition in about a year and a half. The weight just started falling off, uh, not even trying, um, mm -hmm. my workouts, I think of it three days a week for an hour a day and feeling better than I've ever felt. And when we go just straight fitness and nutrition and we don't look at what's behind the scenes, it's sustainable till it's not. Mm -hmm. I've been in much better shape. I've had close to the six pack. My body just doesn't believe in them. Um, <laughs> I've had the jacked arms. I've had all of that. I've had peak performance in basketball, volleyball, softball, all of the things. Mm -hmm. And it has never been sustainable. Mm -hmm. I would get it for a, a year, sometimes two, and then crash. And it's because the, the root cause of why I was doing it was never what I thought it should have been. Mm 
right? I have cycled my way through a lot of stress. Um, that used to be my go-to was I would go on like a 50 mile bike ride and then hit a CrossFit class. And head down. Yeah, hammer. Work. Just hammer. Yeah. Make it go away. I can can outwork this feeling. Used to joke with a fellow coach friend of mine and I used to call that trauma chasing. Oh, 100%. Chasing your trauma with more trauma. Yeah, with more stress and more anxiety, yeah. right? Because what it, it what we're told is fitness relieves stress. Just work harder. You got to you got to wake up at 5 a.m. if you're not working as hard as you possibly can, you're you're with the rest of the sheep that can't do those things that are you're definitely with, a sheep that are uh, okay with mediocrity. I wish people could see my eye rolls that are happening <laughs> right now. I'm like, "Oh, this is making me nauseous." Uh. <laughs> and those those are those are attitudes that are uh, pervasive especially in physical culture especially in the United fitness. States right now. Yeah. Um, and it's it's so interesting because like it's what we're told is that fitness relieves stress. Right. Then when, you know, you and I start talking to people and our staff starts talking to people and we're like, no, actually exercise is stress. People are like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. It relieves my stress. No, it's, it's more, you're, you're adding another layer of stress to the pile. Yeah. And that's not saying that you have some sort of emotional relief from your exercise. Yeah. You that get the happy change. endorphins for a hot that, second, right? It doesn't change that it's still physiologically to the physical system of your body, stress. Stress. Your body doesn't know the difference between that. If your dog dies, your grandma dies, your, you get in a car wreck. Your project's due in two hours. Yep. Doesn't know. It's all the same. Yeah. Chased by a lion. Yeah. Yeah. All the same. And so that's a hard thing for people to understand and it's a hard thing to coach because it's so ingrained that like yes this is good for you mm-hmm. and you can still do it too much yeah. <laughs> and and you still there's we still need to look behind the curtain a little bit mm-hmm. you know and we can do that through language games we can do that through a conversation you know we can do that through being a mirror for you so you can see it right and it's so cool when when that happens mm-hmm. when that first click and it's like usually it goes something like this mm. Mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's either that or the fumo single. Yeah, like, that also happens. Yeah. <laughs> that probably happens to me more. <laughs> yeah. Like F that. I'm not I'm not even considering I, that. That's not even a thing. I and then you come better. back you come back a couple of days and you go or a couple hours and you go, Oh crap, she was right. Dang it. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I don't want it to be right, but I know it is. Yeah. And so Long story longer. (laughs) (laughs) When you're looking at food, yes, getting to real food is a really great place to start. Mm -hmm. The other thing is when you can get to a place when you're, when you're on that very beginning brick road of a path is ask yourself why you're doing it. Why am I eating this? Mm -hmm. Do I want it? Do I not want it? I used to think that was the cheesiest thing anybody could do. And now it's like, oh yeah, no, I ask myself that quite a bit when I'm making choices. Like, mm-hmm. is this something I really want? Or am I just stressed, freaking out, having a moment, need to take a walk, need to take 10 deep breaths? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Am I just running from thing to thing mindlessly and not having a good practice of eating? Yeah. And like, I'll be honest, that happened to me today. I, it was actually right before we were shooting this and it wasn't about food, but I went, I woke up at 
4.15 this morning, and then I coached 5.30, 6.30, had a 7.30 when we're shooting podcast. I've got another one right after this and one Mm -hmm. more. And I had about a half hour right after my 6.30 or 7.30, and I was like, I could feel myself just buzzing. I was like, and so I just sat on the gym floor in the sunshine. It was like, just take five deep breaths. Just Mm -hmm. come back down. Let's see where, because for me, when I get into that, that current, that current of just buzzing and going and doing, it ends in like a two hour death scroll through Instagram. Mm-hmm. If I don't stop the the pattern, if I don't break it, probably about 1.30 today, I'm gonna find myself in an Instagram comment and then I'll be like, how did I even get here? Is it because you have, rid, have been riding that wave for so long? Or like you're riding that energy wave of go, 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 and then it's, the crash and you've crashed and you realize you did it. Yes, 100%. And where that used to go was like, oh, I should probably like go get something to eat quick. Mm-hmm. And now that has, that has broke. And as long as I can maintain um, and check in with myself and know where I'm going, we get a lot, a lot different response. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely, like, this is the thing that, especially as Americans, we don't like to talk about and don't like to admit. You can't work at peak performance for eight hours a day, 10 hours a day. Unfortunately not. No, mine's, and I know this about myself. I have a three hour, three hours I need a break. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And three hours is probably a little bit too long. Three mm -hmm. hours is like a questionable, uh, 90 minutes to two hours is my like super solid. We're going to get a lot accomplished. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast of talking about these things. Absolutely. Because again, (laughs) been there, done that. Thank you for stopping that. (laughs) Doing that all the time myself. So, um, we will save that for another time. Yeah. Any final thoughts on nutrition before we break? We, we went deep into yeah. this. And so if this is your first kind of thought process behind this, start with getting yourself towards real food. Mm-hmm. If you're in the real food, start to set the intention about why you're doing it. What is this serving you? Do you feel better or worse? Ask yourself those questions. Mm-hmm. And then check in with somebody to make sure you're eating enough. Yeah. Um, once you get to real food, uh, if, if we can help you, we are 100% here for you. But make sure you're eating enough to sustain the level of activity that you're going for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you all for listening this week on the Ice House Fit podcast. If you have a moment, we'd like to ask you to give us a rating on your preferred podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you are hearing us. Even better, if you have the time, leave us a review. It helps us to get in front of more people like you. And if you found this useful, and would like to share this with your loved ones, your family, your friends, your coworkers, somebody who may be struggling with us, we would appreciate that as well. If we're working with you already, we'll see you in the gym. If not, we're here for you. Reach out to us on any of the social channels and we would love to help you. Thanks again. And until next time, I'm Coach Jeremy. And I'm Coach Mo. Have an awesome day.